hey everybody uh, welcome to the usl show um it's sorry it's been a while for me but i'm, I'm here um it's uh, it's brought to you by roughneck scarves which is your home for usl mls national team uh even scarves for your personal or club use fundraisers check those guys out roughneckscarves.com we are also produced to and brought to you by the beautiful game network of podcast which is uh unsurprisingly a network of podcasts about soccer you should check those out there's a ton of them I'll say there's too many, but I'm not the guy that makes those decisions. Uh, but yeah, check the the whole network out, bgn.fm on the uh, on the websites or at the bgn.fm. I am your host, uh, Evan Valella, joined by uh, by my soccer friends. This week, it's our usual uh, cast of suspects, I- including our international correspondent, who's no longer international, Ryan Allen. Hi, Ryan. Hello, and I'm no longer a teen, but I'm just more thrilled. I got my France World Cup prediction correct. You did. It's true. It's true. So did I. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Listen, the best team's just going to win. So, and you know, saying that after the fact makes me look really great, right? But here we are. So, screw that underdog story. Yeah, whatever. It's coming home. It's still relevant. Uh, also, also joining us. Um, if you think he hates your team, it's because he has the facts to back it up, and also you're probably right, especially if you live in Cincinnati. It's Pony. I had Francis Rudders up before it started, so close enough. Yeah, and uh, it's the best part of Chuck Palahniuk and Elliot Smith. It is uh, Big Kev, Kevin McCamish. What's up? I Hello, won my man. World Cup bracket because I pre- correctly predicted France to win the World Cup. And that was and it, or like, the- was there other good picks in there as well? I predicted the entire the top half of the bracket, uh-huh. near, um, but the bottom half of the bracket just went uh, to absolute crap. <laughs> mm. Mm. But yeah. I won, I won my won my league, so I get my go. prize. World nice. Cup expert Kevin McCamish. <laughs> It'll come in handy in four years. It'll be great. Oh yeah. For the uninitiated, this is in fact not a World Cup podcast. You're welcome. Um, this is about the USL, which is the um, second highest league in the United States of America. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about week 18, which means we're pretty well halfway through the season, right, guys? Yep. Is, is this literally the halfway point? It's probably more than halfway point for most teams Great. right now. All right, well... Yeah, it's true because there's a bunch of teams that are playing like four games in a week and a half. So, anyway, without delaying any farther, let's get into the games that were. Um, who do we start out with? Swope Park lost to Sacramento one to three. Um, Cam Mawasa gets a brace in, well, about nine minutes, 45th, 54th. And then Haji Berry gets one back for Swope Park with uh, Christian Assel putting it away in the 88th. Um, I I don't know, like not a terribly surprising result. Maybe a little bit in that Swope Park with the home team, but um, yeah, good. I mean, good win for Sacramento. Right, it's Swope Park at home, but that was a surprise here because they were undefeated at home in a, almost the calendar year, I think, at this point, where they're quietly one of the best teams at their home place, and Sacramento coming and beat them three one. I mean, that's a good trade result for them, especially as both these teams are going to be near the top of the table, if not trying to hopefully take that third seed. But mm. Swope Park is very up and down recently. And again, so is Sac. Yeah. They were more down than up this week, though. 
True. But I Just feel like you could you could say that for a lot of teams in the West this week. There was a couple of pretty interesting results out out in the uh, the Western Conference. What about the East, though? How about that next game? Yeah, I um, Atlanta United two, Bethlehem Steel one. Um, what happened there? Yeah, so Atlanta played. Um, well, Romario Williams and Alec Khan or Can, sorry. Um, I honestly thought that they could have had a red card fifteen or so minutes in. Um, high challenge on Santi Moore that took his sock clean off, pretty much. Um. And not in like the like a guy literally took his sock off way and like the, his studs went through his leg and took his sock off kind of way. Forced him into a change. Um, Brendan Burke didn't have a whole lot of attacking subs that night. So, I mean, that was not uh, optimal for sure to have to make a sub that early. But Brandon Vasquez scores in the 25th and uh, Oliver Shannon in the 50th. Derek Jones scored, which is, which is nice to see. Um, I'm just tired of him not being able to play for the first team because he should be by now maybe i don't know um yeah i mean good win for atlanta bethlehem is going to be really disappointed in that result because that was their game in hand um against a team that you know not a whole lot of people have had problems beating this season um but we'll get into it a little bit later penn fc didn't necessarily widen the gap uh between them and and uh, well, in Ottawa now and, and in Bethlehem, so it's it's still a tight race. Like it's not like anyone gained a, a whole lot of ground on anybody else, kind of in those first three spots outside of the playoffs. So, and we'll Atlanta see. United too were able to end a seven match, uh, no, not or winless streak. So their first win since uh, May sixteenth when they beat Toronto two of five four. It's a good company to be in. He lied. Uh, next game, Charleston 2, Indy 11-1. Um, Gordon Wild. We don't deserve Gordon Wild. He's very good. But uh, two goals from him. Evgeny uh, Starkov gets the goal for Indy. Um, Charleston, you know, quietly taking care of business. I, I think we'll... I'm at least going to talk about one of their players who happens to lead the league in goals but isn't getting nearly any credit for doing so. Um in a bit but you know they just go about their business they get results they make the playoffs and, and rinse and repeat yeah charleston is probably in the contention for i guess the team we underestimated because they lost almost all their attacking forces offseason remember i think they were tur- they lost about 80 to 90 percent of their total goals scored went to other teams and for them to not only be in the playoffs but actually now starting to try even challenge for a, a home game in the playoffs they, I think mm. they might be my most surprising team just because we all thought they'd be a bubble team. Yeah. I mean, current ELO ratings has Charleston as the number three side and the um, Eastern Conference at 11-24 with only uh, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh in that order in front of them. And I, they've just been quietly going about their business. Like we've said, you know, just going pretty well. I mean, they've won three of their last five matches. And it's unbeaten in their last six, having scored a goal in four, in basically uh, five of those six with a no-nil result against Pittsburgh being the only time they were held scoreless. And I feel like they've definitely climbed up. And Atula Guerrero currently with 10 goals right now is making or should be making more headlines than he currently is. Yep. So he could easily just pull uh, Dan Kelly and go to Reno next season. 
next match, Charlotte won Nashville nil. Um, Kevon George with a really nice free kick in the 42nd. Caleb Calvert continues to do stupid things when it comes to getting sent off and gets sent off at the 90th minute. And, uh, yeah, Charlotte takes the win here against the, you know, the guys who are going to be in MLS at some point. I don't know. Nashville, I know um, our friends at Speedway were saying that they just can't finish, like, still. Um, and I, I really, I mean, I, I agree. And those guys know that team better than anybody else, really. So I'm not going to argue with them. But that's really what's killing Nashville right now. Because that's not, I mean, unless you're like Pittsburgh or just like a, a very, very good defensive team all the time, like Charleston comes to mind, Richmond this year in some ways come to mind, where you're just a very defensive of mind your team one nil should uh, that you don't equalize at least especially a goal that comes early enough like that one did for charlotte i don't know but um yeah nashville's got to figure out what's going on up top for sure yeah absolutely i mean nashville is the second best defensive team in the east right now and if they could finish even slightly better than what they are I think you could easily say they are the best team in the East without a doubt. But that finishing is just not there. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, and they were talking about a, a formation change, too. Um, and not having enough enough wingers to, like, out-and-out out midfield players that, you know, like, not fullbacks that are converted to play midfield. Um, which is interesting. But, I mean... What, they just opened up an international spot because they sent off Michael Cox to uh, St. Louis, right? So maybe they're looking to bring somebody in. Who knows? Who knows? I'm sure they know. They have a plan. But they got I mean, they got to make it count now for sure. Um, again, you'd much rather be inside looking out than outside looking in at any point during the season, but especially towards the back end of it when those fixtures start getting a little more clogged. From uh, not knowing how to finish to... Maybe someone needs to learn how to play defense. Oklahoma City Energy six, Las Vegas four. Um, yeah, <laughs> Vegas going Vegas. I don't know. This is this is a really fun. I've we listen. Not that like I knew that having a podcast when Las Vegas was going to be a team would be just an endless stream of content and and amusement for us but we picked a great year to do this because <laughs> like this is just a the, the gift that keeps on giving las vegas lights kev talk to me about them <laughs> why uh because <laughs> it's I don't, you know it's like uh yes. oh wait well, I would say they're like a box of chocolates, but you never you never know what you're gonna get. Um, <laughs> I I well, I didn't watch this game, but I I came down and saw I, I saw the score and I was like, wait, what? And and here's the most more surprising part to me: the four goals Vegas scoring. That that doesn't doesn't shock me. That wasn't like oh you know because eh, Vegas eventually they're gonna do something like that. Raul Men Men Mendiola gets their first hat trick uh, of their of their club history, so that's cool. Um, but Oklahoma City getting six goals—what the heck were they smoking? Do they must have eaten their weeds or something? Good grief! Yeah, 
The 12th, um, the 44th, the 50th, the 57th, the 72nd, the 90th right. minute. Wow. I love that both teams scored in stoppage time. That's a game where you could watch the second half and you're going to get plenty of goals to watch. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Eight goals? See, the only problem with watching the second half is you missed that Atiba Harris scored in the year of our Lord 2018. <laughs> but is that really important? <laughs> yeah, because I forgot he was playing. I'm sorry, Atiba, if, you, if you're listening to this or anyone in Oklahoma City. I didn't know you guys had Atiba Harris. Um, which I apologize for because I love Atiba Harris. So yeah, not yeah, not if you miss this is uh, Vegas had a hat trick in a losing effort, which yeah. is pretty rare to be able to see a scored hat. The only other time you ever see that is you know like Los Dos or something. Yeah, it's at least been a few years since that one happened. Yeah, they don't even get their poker chips for this one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I forgot that that was a thing. <laughs> oh, I love this team so much. Although I will oh. say big props to OKC on this. They're currently riding a six-match unbeaten streak at time. In fact, prior to this match, in their previous four matches against the Switchbacks, San Antonio, Los Dos, and RGB, they scored six goals in that time. So to equalize in that one, it was just like their offense came on fire and we didn't deny Vegas as their front time in the casinos. <laughs> it's punks. Yeah, I think sometimes teams just have a good night where they're where everybody's on the same page, and it all just kind of works out. It's happened once, I think, for T two. I think this is it's happened now once for OKC. It's it's one of those situations where it worked out for them, mm-hmm. and it seems to be like when that happens, that the the defense is like, "Nah, we're we're good. We'll just let the fans enjoy many, 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 many goals." <laughs> they all get together and they're like, yeah, just keep scoring, whatever, who cares? Yeah. Pull the goalies, forget it. Yeah, basically. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Next match. All that confusion just went straight to my head. Oh, yeah. Um, LA Galaxy 2 won, me- meaning, meaning, Los Dos scored one goal in their loss to Reno, who scored four. Um, Antoine Oppeno started things very early in the seventh minute. Um, Jerry Van Ewick with the brace and uh, and Chris Weehan in there as well for Reno. Justin Dillon in the 57th for uh, for Los Dos. Reno, five matches. <laughs> They've won five straight. They haven't lost in 16. Um, yeah, they're hitting some kind of stride for sure. Another team that I don't think is getting as much uh, and we're partly to blame for this because of what we do every week, but not getting as much coverage and as much credit as they deserve. Um, and I think Pony, like you were saying earlier, it goes to your thing where they lost a lot of their players too. And we just didn't think they were going to do a whole lot. And now here they are with 16 matches unbeaten and, and five matches won in a row. Yeah. They lost a lot of their core group from last season. And they're just repeating where they start off the year looking really, really bad. And then managed to turn it around after about a month or two months of play and just catch fire. I'd like to see them get a few more good wins in here. A lot of the teams they've they've been doing the I don't want to invoke it this early, but doing a lot of the Cincinnati thing where they beat a lot of the teams they should be beating, which is granted very a very good talent. But even they have a couple wins against all the top teams in the West. Right now, 
at this exact point in time, you could say Rio might be the scariest team to face, even though long run, I think their downs are more than a few of the top other sides. But Reno is another one. And it's just that conversation with uh, Charleston to me of the team. We all thought it was going to take a big step back, but actually has remained as one of the top teams in their conference. Who ended up picking Reno in our draft at the start of the season? I know I don't have them. That's all I know. <laughs> they went pretty late, too, I think. I would imagine. I will say with Reno, they have nine goals in the last three matches, including one of those matches with a 3-0 victory over Real Monarchs. They uh, play St. Louis on July 28th as their next match. And then on August 8th, the Wednesday night, is one that everyone should be circling is when uh, Reno travels to Zion Bank Stadium to play Real Monarchs, which could very well set the tone for who's going to take that top spot in the Western Conference for the rest of the season. So this is their bye week we're in right now. Yes. What a way to hit a bye week. Good God. <laughs> no, I'm actually looking at, I'm looking at how I draft right now. Reno actually did go 12. Okay. Who, who, who I guess him? you picked them probably. No. Okay. Open it. Who had him? Come on. And this is where my document's kind of freezing on me, so it's not opening quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find out too. I'm going back. You got it. Someone's got it. I'm going to find it here. One of us will. No, I have it. It just won't open for me. So I go with the tiny thumbnail that shows him being picked in 12th. Or no, not 12th. 14th. But oh, here we go. Um. Do, do, do. You have them. Oh, yeah, apparently. Yep, I picked them. Hey, wow, okay. Yeah, good man. I picked them, man. I picked OC. Interesting. Doing well, doing well. Next match, uh, speaking of cool things happening in a team, you know, uh, being on their night for at least 77 minutes, uh, uh, Baby Bulls, Red Bull 2-5, Richmond 1. Jared Stroud he decided, hey, let me score my first professional goal. Uh, and and while I'm there, let me get a hat trick. So kudos to him. Um, if he's not player of the week, I will be mad on the internet uh, <laughs> because I certainly voted for him. Um, Most fantastic goal. Yeah. The face goal. Yep. The face goal. A good way to start. Go from the NC Charleston match at the end of last at the end of that match from last week yep. where they just couldn't score to save their life. And then to start it with someone getting a goal off their face, yeah. just things like in the past weeks of USL, we've just had really incredible like scoring chances, especially at the start and ends of each match. Well, you know, you, uh, you, you get that deal with ESPN plus going, you're obligated to be on sports center so many times a year. And we've really just given ESPN the best, the best of, of the league, you know? And the worst of the worst. Whatever. <laughs> so, were there more shots in this game than than attendance? No, because it's at Montclair now. So at least there's like college kids maybe that'll show up. Do they? <laughs> Summer session kids that'll show up. I don't know. Work. Forty forty total shots. Six hundred fourteen in Twenty nine to eleven. Uh, shots on target was. 17 to 3 with the baby bulls who currently lead the league in scoring with 41 goals. Cincinnati is in second place with 37. What I really like is that is the Red Bull won five to one and Evan Loro decided to get himself a red card. Which was great. 
I find it funny that the Red Bulls have more shots on target than many teams sometimes have total shots in the yeah. game. Yeah. Brian Schreiber to be sorry, go for it. I said the Red Bulls are playing good. They're one of the most dangerous teams in the league. Yeah. If they actually hard to pick them or pick anybody over them when New York is on their game. Brian Shriver continues to be like a super bright spot on a pretty bad Richmond team. And I'm surprised that Tampa didn't try to sign him, honestly, because they um, seem to have thrown an offer towards everybody. And they need help. I don't know. Uh, next match, Ottawa 2, Penn FC 1. Ken Tribute with his fifth of the season somehow. All headers. All set pieces? I'm going to confidently say all set pieces. I'll be wrong, but there we go. Uh, and then uh, Ottawa gets two late on with Tony Taylor in the 72nd and then uh, Steven Dos Santos with a penalty kick in the 81st. Um, yeah, Penn FC is going to be hard done to not win this one. Ottawa move up into a playoff spot, if I'm not mistaken. We're very close to it. Um, so good for them. because think... What's that? Ottawa or 10th. 10th. So they're getting so close. Think, yeah, my projections actually do have them 8th right now. Okay. But it's a, it's basically a, a crapshoot between about six teams there. Yeah, basically pick your favorite like team or two from that, that group of six that's hovering like 8 through 13 or 14 right now and just, just put them in the playoffs. Who cares? Um. Yeah, and again, like I said, in the next match, Bethlehem won with Carolina FC won with... Um, Marcel Kanziora, I believe, um, you know, scoring for North Carolina, and then Adam Niem channeling Kylian Mbappe in the World Cup final with a nice little strike from outside the box. Um, no one's separating themselves in that pack right now, which I'm totally okay with because that'll mean September and October are going to be crazy again, and I love it when September and October are crazy in the Eastern Conference. It's my favorite. And then, speaking of weird matches, it is uh, Charleston 2, Louisville 1. In fact, Charleston 3. But they own goal. Um, Atula Guerra scored in the 5th, Neville Hackshaw in the 27th, and then Taylor Mueller with the own goal in the 88th. Um... Louisville red card for Oscar Jimenez, like in the 96th minute, which is all exciting. Um, hopefully, just a minor slip up for Louisville. But uh, I mean, apparently, they've just started interviewing coaches like last week late, which is weird. Um, but I imagine once they get someone actually at the helm and the players don't have to worry about it, they'll. Be fine. Louisville with only one win in their last five. How would you think they approach their Open Cup match against the Chicago Fire this week, specifically on a Wednesday night? Well, I would certainly hope that they prioritize it. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, I would always want to prioritize your Cup game over a league game when there's so many games despite the tables being so uh, tight, you know, especially for playoff, those lower playoff spots, 
Um, but I don't know. Like, who is the interim manager right now? Was oh, uh, it's it's still Piccolo, and who's also their captain? Yeah, it's it's three of them, and I I used to, um, Davis the fourth. I think the third guy is. Well, I hope Nick their Fielder. coaching committee decides to uh, group together and prioritize the cup. Yeah, I well, mean, and Fire is not doing. I mean, they're doing well enough. Um, I, I think even if Louisville prioritize it, it'll be um, a tough challenge for them on the night. But dude, I, I mean, throw everything you got in the kitchen sink at Chicago and try to win. That's what I would say. Eighth yeah. In the, the last matches, but however, they've scored in those three straight matches. On July 7th, it was a 3-2 defeat to Vancouver. On July 11th, it was a 3-4 loss to Philadelphia. And on July 14th, it was a 1-3 loss to FC Dallas. Never mind. Chicago not doing so good. Well, so it's funny because uh, obviously being from where I am and being a Union fan, I saw a lot of Fire fans' reaction to that ridiculous game that they played against the Union on the 11th where David Akam decided to wake up and score his first goal for the Union in stoppage time to win the game and literally steal two points from his old club. And a lot of people in Chicago really like the open cup. Like it's a very nostalgic in a way tournament for them. So they're going to go over cup. And I would imagine that that's going to make Louisville kind of have to match that or else they're going to get absolutely run off the field. Yeah. Um, and I don't think those Louisville guys are going to want to get run off the field. That might be one of the advantages of having a bunch of players as your coaches is that you can go, Hey, we're going to go out there and we're going to show these guys that, you know, we can beat them. Um, so who knows? But I also told Cincinnati not to sell out in the open cup so that they wouldn't have to play Louisville. And well, I will say Chicago fire do win the open cup this year. It'll be their fifth title, and that'll make them the leaders as far as uh, MLS teams go. To, or and then an all-time tie: Maccabi, Los Angeles, and uh, the original Bethlehem Steel. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, fun times. Yeah. Speaking of Cincinnati, uh, they beat Tampa Bay at home two nothing. Uh, Manuel Ledesma, who we don't deserve, he's very good at soccer, and uh, and Danny Kunick. Um, guys, Tampa do not look good. Yeah, I think Tampa at this point, they're going to be lucky to get in the playoffs. Isn't that crazy, by the way? Can we talk about how crazy that is? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I took a first in the draft overall <laughs> because Tampa was good and they returned almost all their players. Well, they were good and they returned everyone and they were deeper than they were last year. And, and you figured that their away form couldn't possibly get any worse. Joke's on you as their home form got worse. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, yeah, definitely go um, check out Unused Substitutes, our friends that, that cover the Rowdies, for uh, probably a lot more in-depth and a lot more sad coverage of the team. But it's it's bizarre, man. I thought bringing in Poku would, would lift them up a little bit, and, and then they don't really seem to know how the way we want to use all these players they have. It's very strange. Um, but, man, and yeah, the Tampa Bay Rowdies, of all people, might not make the playoffs this year. I mean, they started the year fantastic from their first six matches. They won four of them, had basically had 12 goals scored. That was including a 2-0 victory over Real Monarchs then. But you saw the seeds of 
a season that may not have been started well. They had a 1-0 defeat to Louisville and a 5-0 loss to New York. And since their loss to Charleston on April 28th, they've only had two wins, and both have come against Toronto SC, too. Oh, in fact, that's basically, they only have one win in their last five. It's just it's a weird how far this team has at least just kind of fallen from years past. Yeah, maybe uh, promoting your coach – well, sorry, promoting your best center back to head coach in the middle of a season wasn't a great idea. I don't know. Yeah, and through it all, Cincinnati continues to do Cincinnati things. They're doing basically everything we thought they would. I know right now, eight games unbeaten, basically the exact point we thought they would be. I actually I someone brought it up, so I actually poked back through my projection sheet. And over their eight games unbeaten, they're expected to gain 17.8 points, and they gained 18 points. Cincinnati basically does exactly what you expect them to, and will probably continue to do that for the rest of the year. And how consistent they are, though, really. Yeah, you know what you're going to get with them. They very, very rarely lay an egg, and they very rarely pull you out of the water. There's definitely something to be said for consistency. Um, I would certainly like it in my teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also to everyone being like, oh, you're calling us consistent. We haven't lost in eight games. Yeah, it's good. Don't get us wrong. Like, I... I think all of us would take our team being unbeaten in eight. I'm not yeah. saying it's bad. It's just weird that you're not better against teams that you really shouldn't have a hard time handling, like maybe Penn FC and Bethlehem Steel. You really don't like Penn. You don't like teams from Pennsylvania, Cincinnati, or Toronto, or to, or, or or the state of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that lovely, the 51st state, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. What's Ontario? Don't worry about it. Ignore it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Colorado, nil. Sacramento, Republic, one. Villian, Bijev with the goal. Um, yeah, good win away for Sac Republic, especially against a, a tough Colorado team on the road. Or at home. Tough Colorado team at home. Home. Are are they tough at home? Because it seems to be like almost every other home game, someone's beating them one nil. Honestly, a... like I thought they had chances, they just didn't convert them. Insert that sentence for pretty much half the teams in the league. Um, oh, yeah, of course. But I mean, you know, they they got good looks on net. They just didn't put them away. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think between that whole elevation thing, um, which is which is real and and not fun being a decently compact defensive team because it's not like teams are going in there and blowing them out um I, I do think they're difficult at home they've been dealt with recently but i don't think they're an easy out no i i def i'm not trying to imply that they're an easy out you know at home i i i can think off the top of my head three one nil losses at home which might not be like anything could be their only losses i don't know this one, obviously, Sacramento Timbers two, and Orange County uh, on July third was their or last uh, home game before this one, and there are twelve home matches. They've won five. Yeah, see, they've lost four but, one zero games at home now. Yeah, and if you're with at altitude like that, that's either everyone's figured out how to play, you know, over a mile up, or you're kind of losing. 
Like that, that's a key advantage is the altitude. I think. I was up to four. Go ahead. I was gonna say I was up at four thousand feet the other day, just walking around for half an hour, and I was losing my breath. <laughs> I, I would not be able to play a soccer match at sixty something, six hundred something thousand feet, six thousand feet. I can't so. play a soccer match at any elevation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably you true. For the below that I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't know. That would just make me slower and, and would be lower impact. That wouldn't really. But yeah, I mean, you can try to put me out there for 90 minutes now and I wouldn't be able to do anything. In fact, so. this Twitch boxes of four uh, home losses this year were all uh, one no results. Then, see, so yeah, I was feeling, I was feeling that was the case. I was thinking there was at least three, so four, four, four. I was thinking about. We're not wrong. <laughs> no, it was not wrong. <laughs> you're, you're never really. Um, <laughs> there you go. Have mechanics, uh, guys. Oh my god. Don't Care for that. your kids to grow up, so we can hang that over you. <laughs> It'll be great. We have it on. We have it on tape too. This isn't really whatever. We have it on audio. Um. RGVFC2, Las Vegas, nil. Two extremes. Vegas goes from let's score all of the goals to the goals, and they still lose. Connor Donovan, 45th minute. Jesus Enriquez, 90th minute. Um. <laughs> I don't, not serious question. Do you think that like you have to score for the whistle to go off? Like, are they like, oh, we really want this game to end. Let's just score. And then they do it, and then it's halftime, and then they do it again, and then the game's over? Like, is that... Yeah, this is just kind of an uninspiring game. I think we do have two teams who... They need them, so... But yeah, it's just two teams are going to be lucky to make the playoffs at this point, so... Hmm. I mean, it's not much to say when nothing spectacular happens. Well, that's because Vegas used up all their spectacular in the previous match. Mm -hmm. They get a <laughs> certain allotment of spectacular every month. But they're apparently collecting chips, uh, poker chips, that they don't have to give to players. So there's that, right? Uh, yeah. Or maybe is it like maybe if they just like take all the poker chips that don't get mm -hmm. taken, like an allotment, make a jackpot, and then whoever on their team wins their their team's golden boot at the season scores the most gold wins the jackpot there's a there's a there's a vegas thing to do i that's a very good idea but what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna i i i call your idea and i raise you wink wink oh. uh <laughs> a better one you take all those unallocated chips and turn them in the tamp uh and turn them into comp rooms for a staff party <laughs> Evan, I'll raise your idea. Evan, I'll raise your idea and take all those chips uh -huh. and turn them into a money in the bank briefcase to get to Edwards at, for a spot in the playoffs. Oh my god! Ooh, hey, that's that's. I think that's the best idea ever. Although, to be <laughs> fair, god, staff party. Shalise's music. I was gonna say staff party with Shalise might be up there though, depending on how how uh, wild he might get in a party, and given how wild he is. Normally, yeah, uh, he's I was, managing I watched, the soccer team. 
Yeah, I want to yeah. be. I want to be at a party with Shalise. Just to see can we? Happens. Can we acknowledge? I think they would want to. That Shalise well. any other job in the world with his lifestyle currently. <laughs> like, oh hey, um, Shalise, can you fix this? We're having a problem with the network. It's down. Can you fix that? And then he just like pops a, a cigarette in and just starts smoking it at work. Like, no. Or what? He's gonna he's gonna shove a referee at work. Well, no, you can't shove a ref at work. You don't. There's no referees. Like shove HR at work and just just keep going about your day. No, no. I'm telling you, money in the bank Could briefcase be. for Las Vegas to get a playoff spot. Yeah, but like, when would they cash it? Would they they would be like stupid and cash in like the first week, like uh, when the game starts? And it would be a three way soccer game. That's how people were actually working on a game for that method. So they have to like hire those guys and do a bunch of research and development, which is what we're doing. Anyway, um, St. Louis played Tulsa until they didn't because the God of Thunder Thor happened to be there, and um, because he didn't die in Marvel Infinity War, he uh, yeah. It's been out for like four months, guys. If you didn't see it yet, there you go. Thor didn't die. Now you're going to be like, oh, what happened to everyone else? Well, do I have some news for you? Um, <laughs> I just yeah, saw it so for the first time like two weeks ago. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> it would be really funny if you take the, uh, the I'll just call it the quote-unquote big event in that movie and apply it to West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was a risky, risky joke there, but I'm sure some of you lovely listeners will get that. So, here's to you. I got it. Uh, speaking of which, because St. Louis and Tulsa didn't play, now is a great time for me to talk about my dear friends at Soccer Loco. What you're going to do? You're going to go to the USLshow.com. Uh, you're going to click a a blue box, or if you're colorblind, a gray box that says Soccer Loco on it. Hey, it's a real thing. Happens to people. Trying to be all inclusive here. And, uh, and then you're going to go and you're going to buy stuff. And it'll be great. Soccer things. If you need cleats, if you need jerseys, if you want to pretend like you've been a Kylian Mbappe fan for years, but then just buy the French World Cup kit with his name on it, go for it. Who cares? I'm not going to judge you. Also, while you're there, you should check out our Patreon. Because um, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of updating and housekeeping with that. Um, including that if you are a Patreon you'll get to like listen to these shows and interact with us live Monday nights. I know it's terrifying. I'm scared too. Don't worry. You get to see me like in real time and my ugly face. It'll be great. Let's care about our Patreons. <laughs> if I haven't are we gonna, yet, are we going to have Cincinnati fans pain just That's the only like, way I'm it, going to let them actively contribute unless they actually like do stuff for Cincy. So just kidding. Um, yeah, we're gonna pay while you talking to us. Basically, is what's happening. It's not happening. Everyone will still get the show like normal on Tuesdays. But if you're like, hey, I want to hang out with these guys for a little bit every week, go uh, go join our Patreon. One dollar. It's all it takes. One dollar a month. It's twelve dollars a year. It's not bad. Anyway, there you go. There's your little there's your little St. Louis and Tulsa didn't play, so there's my spot to do some plugs. Plugs. Thanks. Real Monarchs two, uh, Seattle two nil, meaning Real Monarchs scored twice. The team from Seattle in the United Soccer League scored no times. Team from Tacoma. Oh yeah, sorry. Sorry. Tacoma. 
Yeah, but still, like these the two the two teams really really annoy me. There was a T two versus S two game where it ended two two, and I was like, you ah. just I, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's happened. Played on Tuesday. You know what? They may have. <laughs> if, if, if two team A and two team B drew two two on a Tuesday, um, I think someone's putting a pencil to their face. <laughs> no, I'm done. Get it. Pencil's not sharp enough. Um, <laughs> Charlie Adams, not the one that plays for Stoke. This one has an S on the end of it. Don't get excited. Charlie's. Char- Charlie's their own scores in the 26th minute. Sebastian Velasquez in the 70th minute. Um, I don't know. It's Real Monarchs beating a Seattle like they're supposed to. Yeah, I mean, like argue, the Cincinnati of the Western more. Conference, but they're they're better at it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then some. Speaking of expectations not met. Yeah, Kev, would you like to wax poetic about your your lovely teams? Now, Ryan, in the notes, you put Portland Timbers two, and then a hy- and then a hyphen, and then one. Were you just denoting that they're a two team of the Portland Timbers? He jokes yeah, because he knows so the score. Rangers two yeah. one. Yeah, they did. Kev, talk to me. How did it go? Well, yeah. Speaking of twos, so the T two beat scored two goals. <laughs> Forget <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Um. <laughs> hey, we or no didn't uh, didn't lose five in a row, so that's good. <laughs> but I was expecting better from Salt Park. Although I didn't watch their first match, and I bet you if I had, I would have been like, yeah, maybe T Two's got a chance. The idea is like with more team with with some of our our first team guys back from the World Cup. Um, the depth on the first team bench expands a little bit, and then those players that I think T Two were kind of missing sometimes. And their past four losses are back, and that's obviously going to help them. Um, Langsdorf continues to score, so that's good. He leads the team with eight goals. Um, maybe, maybe he could get a bunch of goals and and win Las Vegas's uh, pot of of stuff. He's over twenty one, right? Mm-hmm. A pot of poker chips, maybe some pot. Who knows? Vegas has it all. <laughs> so it's a pot of poker chips, but the pot is made out of uh, marijuana. They have that one uh, uh, hemp. So it's made out of hemp. It's a hemp pot. There we go. But they have that one deal going on with that club yeah. sponsored yeah. by whatchamacallit. So yeah. Yeah, it's possible. They're sponsored by the candy bar, whatchamacallit. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, oh, what, what were you, soccer, right? Yeah, soccer. Um, no, soccer. Uh, Orange County 3, um, San Antonio FC nil. Lauren Conrad no no showed the game, uh, no goals for her unfortunately, but um, Thomas end uh, of Oldson we're going with sorry, uh, Matt Berman and Michael Seaton score, um, ten yellow cards. Does Orange County just really like picking up yellows? Yeah, they're pretty high up there. I don't like I know we don't though. have that in front of us, but they have to be top three. In terms of cards, this hold year, on, right? I can find. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. We're about to pull it up right now. <laughs> that was that was my way of saying you don't need to find that out. Really, it's okay. But uh, okay. And Devilson is tied with uh, Atula Guerrero for uh, most goals currently in the uh, um, league, both with ten. And Orange County is fourth with uh, 43 yellow cards. Las Vegas, who else would at least the league in yellow cards with 57, followed by Fresno with 45. Presume. 
San Antonio at 44. And the first okay, uh, yeah. Eastern Conference side you see is Cincinnati with 38. I wasn't really expecting the, the Western Conference, like the top Western Conference teams to be better than the Eastern Conference. Like before the season started, I figured, okay, Monarchs and, and probably Phoenix will be up there. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have all your really good Eastern teams. And maybe even the Eastern teams will be at the same or better than the West teams mm-hmm. before you even start to get to the third place West. But now you've got like, you know, top three, four Western teams before you start getting to the best Eastern team. I didn't see that one coming. I I think it's because there's a lot of not I almost said a terrible word. There's a lot of nonsense happening in the Eastern Conference in terms of players moving around and and since he got MLS and like Tampa Bay is losing their minds currently and like there just seems stability in the Eastern Conference in terms of what the clubs are doing as far as operations goes. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Oh, that's true. Um, or maybe I mean, none it's of, none just of an actual, actual honest to God shift of power in the league. Who knows? We'll find out uh, in the playoffs, I suppose. Shift yep. of power. The past three USL champions have been from the East. Yeah, I think it's uh, East mm. is underperformed more than the West is actually overperformed expectations. Probably because yeah, Tampa one. and Louisville are arguably not even top ten, not top ten overall at this point. And I think they were probably one, two, or three for all of us to start the season. They're both one and two in our Eastern Conference and guaranteed top three. I think three of us had them, had Tampa as our number one. Yeah. Yeah. So step it up. Now I'm putting them right at the basement, baby. They're staying there. Toronto FC2, a shock win over Tampa Bay Rowdies coming up. I'm feeling it. And then the uh, last game of the week, Fresno, big 4 nothing win over a uh, 10-man Phoenix Rising. Um, Christian Chaney with uh, with a goal, Pedro Ribeiro, Juan Pablo Caffa, and Jamal Johnson, and then uh, yeah, Zachary Ellis Hayden in the in the eighty fourth gets a second yellow, and uh, Lambert gets a red for Phoenix, a straight red in the forty third um, after a, a clumsy challenge for sure. Um, yeah, you know, didn't expect Fresno to get a four 0 win, but I've been. I think we've all been pleasantly surprised with how they played in their first year. Welcome edition. Yeah, they haven't really been getting blown out in any games, which is nice. They only have one loss of them more than a goal. I think they right now are either four or five. Um, uh, they're at four zero one losses this season so far. They're they're one of those teams that is just that one piece away from being very very good, and they're not. And you want to see. Grab that seven or eight seed. Well, Juan Pablo Caffa's been turning it up past couple games, so it seems like he's getting settled in there. Yep, he's, I still say he's one of the best players in his position in the league. He might just be one of the best players in the league. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we even need to be like, oh, he's just a really good midfielder. It's just like, no, he's just really good. Um, yep. He's just really good. Hey, uh, speaking of naming things that are the best, bad, very bad. Uh, the USL announced their midseason awards, at least finalists, but also winners, I think. I don't know. I was confused on how they did that. It was like open for public voting, which is cool, but um, I was 
Anyway, it confused me. It was the 2018 Fans' Choice. There it is. Fans' Choice USL Midseason Awards. There we go. Evan, it's almost like they, they tell you what it is, and you should just do that. Um, so, so, gentlemen, what I suggest we do is we run down these and, and uh, pick out of the group that we are given. Uh, and then if there's any omissions or anything, feel free to say so. And congratulations in advance for anyone from FC Cincinnati for winning this award. <laughs> you guys suck. That goal wasn't that good. I hate you. Please note it was not me who said it this week. <laughs> it's just, so, like, like I'm going to be the one that's petty over the things that are petty, and Pony can just be the one that's that's petty over the things that actually matter. Deal? Deal. Great. Deal. Either way, just say, Evan, you're terrible, and then you're covered. Anyway, uh, obviously, the and, and we'll bring it up, the Golden Boot, uh, which wasn't a fan... Shouldn't be a fan vote. Uh, Atuligera um, and Devilson both on 10. Carlton Belmar with 9. Cam Lancaster with 9. Rios from North Carolina with 9. Danny Koenig with 9. Uh, Emmanuel Ledesma with 9. Jorge Herrera with 9. And, and, and Cam Awasa with 9. How, how I would can like the Golden out, Boot even be yeah. a fan vote? How can it be a fan vote? Like, literally. Um, you, like, uh, that, I don't understand that concept. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not. I think I was just saying that to say that. But My favorite like, player has four goals. I'm going to vote him as the Golden Boot winner. Wait, yeah, what? buddy, he did it. <laughs> I'm going to give him a boot that I spray-painted gold. Owen oh, goal for Golden Boot. That's, yeah. Um, guys, I will say... And I know we've been spoiled in, in past years with the likes of Dane Kelly and Romario Williams. Ten goals through 18 games is not a great clip. Like, in terms of what they're actually averaging, that's not anything super impressive. I mean, no. I believe when... Sorry, go ahead, Kev. I was going to say, I, I kind of agree with Evan. Um, more along the lines of, like, Elite striker would be like fifteen over eighteen, and twelve to thirteen would be like, all right, he's a good good striker. Because mm -hmm. if you like, I mean, we're listing off what one, two, three, four, five, six, what nine. seven, nine, yeah, nine guys with either nine or ten goals. So there's not a whole lot of separation there. So that's kind of mm -hmm. like here's where basically all your average or slightly above average strikers are at. So there should be like one or two like elite strikers above them somewhere with 12, 13. I mean, be really, I mean, if you had a team, someone, someone's team had a striker with 15 goals, I'd be like, Hey guys on fire, you know, 15 across mm -hmm. 18. But well, well, back in 2016, I'm won for Cincinnati with only 16 goals. That was a 30 game season. What did, um, who won it last year? I know uh, McBain and Brennan Allen both had a uh, 15 when they tied for co-Golden uh, Boot winners in that season. Maybe it just means teams are spreading the ball out more that we no yeah. longer have that one sole attacker who racks up score after score. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe my, my perception of it's a little different, but when I think Golden Boot winner, I think of a guy that's pretty much one for one in terms of goals to, to games played. Um, 
Obviously, a lot of those teams that are that are represented up there, like your Charleston's, your Orange County, your your Louisville, especially Cincinnati, obviously by having two guys up there are very much the type that spread the ball around and have a lot of guys that can hurt you. Um, so I don't I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Rio Savensi is probably the only surprise who is yeah. up there among with nine goals. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think there would be other guys that would be up there if they hadn't switched or I, I don't know. Like, I feel like someone in, in Tampa would be there if they were doing better. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway. Uh, midseason goalkeeper of the year choices. Here we go. Maxime Crapeau for uh, for Ottawa. Matt Pickens in Nashville. Dan Lynn, Pittsburgh. Andre Riles, Orange County. Or uh, Carl Wojcinski. Think for Phoenix Rising, Sam. Tell me I'm wrong. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I mean, Dan Lind. I think just because of association, having the league with nine. Uh, I guys, anyone immediately that you go, yep, this is the guy. Well, here, here's a question for you guys. Yeah, because <clears throat> this is a question I always have. Goalkeepers, you know, you can obviously rate them by shutouts, but it, a lot of times it's also a big a big portion of that is the defense in front of them. You could have a fantastic goalkeeper, but he's not going to get shutouts if the defense is absolute uh, garbage. So, you know, how much of the being such a great goalkeeper is, is the keeper's skill and how much of it is the defense in front of him um, preventing those chances from going through? Yeah. And I'm not talking just the Pittsburgh keeper, um, but in general. But obviously, in this situation, it can, you know, we can we can focus on the Pittsburgh keeper. Sure. Um. So I mean, I guess, and and Pony and Ryan jump in if I'm saying something that is not statistically cool. Um, I think save percentage is a big part of what you were looking at, and far as far as you know, the best goalkeeper in the league. Yeah. Um. Which is why it's crazy to me that, that Max uh, Crepo is there because he has a 75% save percentage. The highest save percentage of the nominees is um, like Andre Rawls at 82.61%, and he's also a former Wilmington Hammerhead. So we know where Ryan's voting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I think right now it's, it's Andre Rawls, right? I agree. 82.61 save percentage. That's it's, you know, like I look at it as, okay, I get to pick a goalkeeper on my team. Like that, that plays on my team, my fictional USL team. We'll call them forward Matt. We'll call them <laughs> Porter. Uh, we'll call them the Austin. Uh, um, call them the, the and Andre the Rawls two is, two. is my goalkeeper. Two, two FC, the two twos. The call two them two. the Tuscaloosa twos. And Andre Rawls is my keeper. 82.61 save percentage. That's yeah. that's exactly what I would do. Um, you pick the keeper not based on like the team he's on, mm-hmm. but if you got to pick a team, but you're not necess- you're not guaranteed to pick the best defense in the league. You're picking your your, your best eleven players that might be available to you. Then and then yeah, you pick the best keeper that you can, regardless of the defense. Which for me is also going to be um, with the highest save percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
pleading the fifth. All right, that's fine. Did you guys die? No. Okay. Great. Mm -hmm. We're holding out. This is weird. I don't like it. Um, I'm still here. Is it still recording? Yeah, we're great. I'm just not hearing anybody. Pony, what are you doing? I don't know. I cut out for a moment. So if you said something to me, I missed it. Okay, girl, keep there. Kev, not to or not to jinx it, but what did we pass the threshold for the computer shutdown or? Um. Yes. Yeah, we but... did. I know we're on it. Yeah, we're on it right now. Let's. Well, I guess we'll find out what happens in the next sixty okay. seconds or so. Bye, Kev. And <laughs> he's out. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm here. Okay, great. I'm here. I'm here. Please. Uh, don't leave me. We're just gonna move on. Were we just gonna go on to the like the f or new things, or did you want to continue on to the awards? Because it just has coaches, uh, defender, midfielder, and young player left. News. Um. Yeah. Look. Sorry. News. <laughs> News. I should do MVP at least. Oh, yeah. Let's about. let's let's. I I don't let's. Uh, I don't know. Like I want. We'll do uh we'll do coach of the year and MVP I suppose. Juan Pablo Kafa. Kafa, unfortunately, okay. not. Put him for both, right? And for coaching. I'll vote Kafa for the best coach. Yeah. Yeah. He's that Kafa, young player of the year. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> welcome to your welcome to your late show edit, Mike. We're off the rails. You bitch. Um, <laughs> that'll get kept in. It'll be great. Um, anyway, back into it. Yeah, moving on. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna skip because we don't want you guys to you know listen to three hours of us. Really, we don't want to listen to three hours of ourselves. So, um, skipping. We'll we'll do coach of the year just because I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, Bob Lilly. Pittsburgh, Ian Russell from Reno, Allen Coach, FC Cincinnati, Gary Smith, Nashville, and uh, and Cam Knowles, Portland Timbers, two. Um, Bob Lilly is my vote. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe you could argue T two coach because of the improvement, but it's Lilly for me. The only, the only reason that, the only reason I would even consider uh, Cameron is. If T two were still performing towards the top of the of the uh, conference, but since they've kind of come back down to earth, um, it's you know from day one to today, it's Bob Lilly for sure. Yeah, because yeah. the only way it goes otherwise is if Nashville wins the East or if Portland finishes with a better record than Pittsburgh or better seed, then maybe you have a conversation. Yeah, but Reno and Cincinnati don't belong on this list to me. Yeah. It's Lily Ball. He came in from day one. We knew Pittsburgh was going to improve. And even a month ago, I was still calling Pittsburgh as being a top two team in the East. It may have not have been as bold or take then as it is, or as it probably ever was this season. But it's Lily Ball, as simple as that. He's best coach in the league. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then. Um... Oh, by the way, it's fun. If you vote, it'll show you the percentage of votes received for a certain player and or coach in real time. Not surprisingly, FC Cincinnati at work here, baby. 
44% right now. Man. Brother Coach? Yep. Ooh, stop being homers. Guys, I, I get I like the guy. I like the guy. He does a great he does a great job. 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 He's been constantly doing a great job. But no. Okay? No, he's not. Won't be at the end of the year unless he somehow cures all the cancer. And the team wins the USL Cup. If if they I tell you what, if they win like two playoff games, he's the coach of the year. Fine, whatever. <laughs> but like right now, no, he's not the coach of the year. It's Bob Lilly. Right. End of discussion. Thank you so much for playing. Yep, they're meeting uh, expectations. Plus, yeah. what fans saying they wanted to fire at the start of this year? Where's that last? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Anyway, um, MVP of the league. Uh, here we go. Thomas and Evolson, Orange County. Emmanuel Ledesma, FC Cincinnati. I bet I know who's leading this category. Solomon Asante, Phoenix Rising. Carlton Bell, Marcel, Nico, Brett, Pittsburgh. Riverhounds. Nico, Brett's in contention? That's impressive. He has eight goals, apparently. He's a, it was a very good move on his part, um, yeah. hitting the Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm happy for him. And, and, um, and to bring it up again, another reason why I think Bob Lilly is the coach of the year, the guys he brought in have been doing so well. They've been doing fantastic. Yeah. I'm voting uh, Kafa for a player of the or, uh, MVP. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... Uh, like, I'm not Just because. super thrilled at anyone here. Ledesma's a very good player. Um, he can score goals. He can score goals. He can dish assists more than anything else. Um, and he's been a, a good bit of midfield creativity for a team that you know probably needed it before the season started. Like, Wilson, we... I think, is only there because he has nine goals. I don't know. This almost seems more like it's the Golden Boot Award, not the MVP. Well, a little bit. Yeah. To me, this one is Asante, hands down. I mean, it's not even close in my book out of these five. Yeah. Because Asante, at this point, remember, Asante's looking at the resume that they, that they give you. Yeah. I mean, you six, know. Yeah. 66 chances created. That would be tied for third in the entire league last year. That's a full regular season worth of chances. The fact that. I mean, mm. he maybe is a little bit behind on goals, a little bit behind on assists to Ledesma. But 66, basically, he created 66 shots on goal through other players through halfway through the midpoint of the season. If that's but, not MVP, I don't know what is. Well, the, the key to uh, him winning MVP, though, is is he on FC Cincinnati? Fortunately not, so he's going to be the runner-up. for the <laughs> Don't vote because I don't want to talk about the percentage that Emmanuel Ledesma has right now. Again, I'll do it again. He's a wonderful player, and he should be an MLS, and he will be an MLS. He's good at what he does. He's he's incredible at what he does, but like I know why he's leading right now, and it's not because he's the best player, because who he plays for. Yeah, I would trade two goals scored for 30 chances created, which is about the trade-off you're looking at there. In a heartbeat. That's what I'm with a... <sighs> Go ahead, Kev. I was gonna say my criteria for MVP is which one of which what player can you pull off of a team, uh, you know, obviously a good team, 
that single player where like the entire house of cards comes crumbling down if you can't if he can't play that is you know how you define mvp to that team Mm -hmm. and potentially if if that is like one of the best players that's mvp of the league and so bob lily is mvp (laughs) oh no i'm just saying kava because i mean he's the best player but probably anyway um but no like as far as these five choices are concerned you know i someone who's going to be generating lots of chances be involved in the in the attack you know i agree with pony it's it's for me asante Yep. For uh, me, I did more because he's been playing MLS Sporting KC at the moment and only has 10 uh, games played out of the 19 that Swole Park has this year. Well, see, Six there's your there's your lead scorer, um, Evan. Nine goals in 10 games played. Yeah, man. There you go. Almost a goal per game. Yeah. It'd be goals. interesting to see what happened if he played all those 19 games, but... Here we are. We have 19 goals. Come back. Other news things moving. Uh, go for it. Sorry. Um, other news things real quick. Uh, Madison, the D3 team, checking in on USL D3. Um, I feel like we need to do more with D3 in the near future. I don't know in what capacity, but we'll figure something out. Uh, Madison's name is down to two. Forward Madison SC or FC, maybe. Or just Forward Madison. I think it was SC. Um, or AFC Madison. Now, um, as outsiders, as we all are, yeah. people explained what the whole Forward Madison thing was, and I get it. So explain to me because I don't. I'm an outsider and I have no idea why it's called Forward Madison. It is their city motto, and it is literally on like everything in the city, like the Capitol building, like the city flag, like it's it's all over the place. So it's very much a a uniquely Madison thing. In in the vein of like the how like the Seattle Sounders are named off the Sound kind of deal, mm-hmm. but like, like more inside baseball and like a lot more inside baseball. Um, I respect Wisconsin. I I have respect for that. Like that that backstory. Now again, how am I supposed to know that just from the right, right? And and without that backstory, and even with that backstory, that shouldn't be the name of your club. Right. It needs to make sense from a completely neutral standpoint. Doesn't it? Can't be some inside joke, or we're going to be calling teams forward Madison and putting German letters in our club names for some reason that only a few people get. Right. 1904 FC. That's right. probably even a worse example. Or a better example of how to be bad at naming a club. So I'm not super thrilled with AFC Madison. But as far as what this is, I can understand, because I'm a soccer fan at least, the AFC usually uh, you know, tells me, oh, it's a soccer team. Forward Madison and then SCFC doesn't really do that for me. So, um, yeah. The colors look nice, though. The colors are great. I like everything else. I just really don't like Forward Madison. I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I didn't like it, but knowing their backstory, like I have respect for that, how it's tied to their city. So I, I'm not against it anymore 
Um, but you know, if I look at it objectively, and if I had no idea about that, about where that actually comes from, which is going to be really hard for literally anyone not in the state of Wisconsin mm-hmm. to understand, uh, at any given mm-hmm. point in time, uh, neither one of them are really good names. I will say, uh, hard time. AFC at least isn't being unique right now, so somewhat unique in the states. Right. That is. Right. I mean, you have AFC Mobile. It's, I think the only other club in the states that I yeah. is uh, using that term. There's a few um, in in PSL as well. AFC Mobile was just the first that came to mind. I will say uh, we just had an other article from a uh, soccer and sweets. He's speculating on the um, Greenville S or South Carolina potential uh, branding, and uh, Chris in that one speculated that it would also go a bit more of a community-based one with about like a textile town FC or kind of dealing with that history. Hmm. Yeah. Chanel FC. Yeah. Um, is it, is it loaded or is it, or is it neither? I see United's, uh, Uh, trademarked really pretty i understand ryan how you think it looks like a competitive chess team logo and now you've ruined it for me so thank you <laughs> what i do but it's uh, uh it's good you could do a lot worse if you're making a logo but they have it two pieces of new um Weird rumor coming out of left field. Um, NWSL is apparently open to being merged with USL or bought by USL um, or partnering with USL. If, if people don't know, it's the uh, it's the premier women's league in the United States. They're currently um, uh, subsidized by US Soccer. I'm trying to think of a of another league that runs that way. Um, I don't know. It's it's like how the Arizona Coyotes were owned by the NHL itself. Um, it's a very it's a very interesting thing about, about like tracks and and how they get paid. Um, but I this would be crazy. I mean, this could definitely help grow. Um. The NWSL currently right now you have the Utah Royals, Portland Thorns, um, NC Courage as like the big side, Orlando Pride as well as like some of the big sides that are partnered with directly to MLS and sides mm-hmm. that also have USL teams. The Courage have already clinched a playoff spot in there in the league this far and have a metric number of six necessary to clinch the supporter shield already, just how dominant they've been. But this would be a big move and I could definitely help just build up the expansion of the NWSO, who's currently sitting at nine teams who had to fold the um, Boston Breakers earlier this year. They've, I don't know. They've had so many problems. And like, as much as I want to see the women's game, game thrive in this country, because it's, it's a really cool scene. Um, a, a lot of the, the very reminds me of like early this era USL, um, but I just, I don't want the USL to take on more than they can chew. That's understandable. Be a little, that might be 
be a little crazy depending on when they're thinking about being bought or merged or things like that. And at the same time, like I don't want the US sell to okay, but we're gonna relaunch you in like two years. Unless that means they come back with like twelve or sixteen teams. I don't know. But I mean back it's, to the um more you can chew, they're also taking on D three at the time and NWSL right, the and the current USL iteration at D two. Mm-hmm. at a plausible thing that totally could happen, but something that I would not, not be in just because of the timing. Kev is someone that, that is around or I suppose adjacent to a NWSL team. Do you have thoughts? Uh, I, I always have thoughts. Do I have <laughs> thoughts about this particular topic? Um, yes, but they pre you pretty much mirrored what I had. I um, 110% want to see the women's game grow and strive, um, thrive, I mean. And I also want USL to thrive, and I don't want the two to get together and hurt each other's chances for that you know where they can where they could be if there was a lot more stability on the usl side like if we weren't trying to like start up d3 weren't expanding like six teams a season something crazy like that then uh then absolutely 100 percent like help the women's game stabilize it grow it um i don't know if it's going to work out for both teams if they did it right now I would also argue if NWSL themselves were more stable, it wouldn't be as big of a risk. Like if, if they were running 12 teams right now and you knew for a fact that all those 12 teams would be there next year and they wouldn't move or anything like that. Uh, yeah. I like, there's just so much going on right now with USL in terms of D three and there's D two and there's D two expansion teams. And you, there's just, your stretch decent i would imagine your stretch decently thin right now in terms of personnel and things like that um and i don't know who was in charge of a lot of the here's you know our expansion team crew for d3 and here's our media team for d2 like i don't know if those are u.s soccer people or if those are nwsl people or what's going on i don't know enough about the back of house stuff for nwsl where if you told me, hey, like if you just kind of hired all these people and and let it go, it would maintain itself. Then I would be like, all right, then maybe do that. But I don't think that's the case. Who knows? Uh, um, dear friend Sam Dor, the, uh, the comms guy, rising, uh, um, sir, you can stop listening to this podcast whenever you want or anything terribly important for you. Um, anyway, have a, uh, all-star game and damn it. I agree. We should, um, Ryan, answer your question. East versus West, please. I don't need this USA versus world early thousands NHL nonsense. I don't need independence versus MLS two teams. <laughs> that wouldn't go well. Um, that'd be fun. No, it would be weird. It would be um, I don't monarchs need... and the baby bulls basically against everyone else. And you'd put one Toronto FC two team 
player on there, just like you needed Christian Leitner as the one college player on the 1994 Dream Team. Actually, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I have a question. Yep. I have a question. This is very, yeah. actually very important. So, okay. obviously, the only format that should even remotely be accepted is some form of left side of the country versus right side of the country. Why I say left versus right is because in 2019, I believe we fully expect there to be three conferences. Oh. So, uh, like, is it going to be an east versus central versus west? Like a three-way, like just put three teams, 33 players in the field? Yeah. Or, or do we want to go like some sort of like round robin? I mean, Fantasy how would draft. that go? Fantasy draft. Oh, ooh, okay, that's, like, that's, not, that's not bad. Yeah. East versus West, and both both sides of the country get to draft Central. I, I, here, here we go. All right, here we go. put the Mississippi River on the division line, and let Lily take one side, and and you have the Western Conference. Um, um, I don't. Oh, I guess Ian Russell of Reno, for instance, of the Western Conference, take the other, and you. Draft eleven players for each. Okay, guys, <sighs> Galaxy Brain here. It's it's fantasy draft. You can pick anybody you want as long as they have one appearance in the USL in the last five years. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh no. Eastern representative is um, Ammo, the Riverhounds mascot. Is Johnny Cash on a motorcycle? The Las Vegas lights, whatever. And um, they can only pay coaches. There's no play. It's no players. It's just coaches. And it's played um, in the concourse of Louisville's baseball stadium. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the pitcher's mound is still there somewhere. In the concourse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They move it. It's fine. You know, it's they can move it. It's cool. They can move it. They move it. And like, there's, there's basically what it should be. Actually, here we go. Is, is it should be All Star Game half like season in review? They just kind of make fun of weird things that happen. So, like, there's a bunch of people that are pretending to be FC Cincinnati fans that um, vote a lot and throw streamers on the field and get, like, slapped on the wrist for it. Um, I, I don't know. Um, someone pretends to be a Red Bull 2 fan for a second. Everyone has a good laugh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have it at your mom's house? Okay, Ryan. All right. That was me. Fun. People, yeah, we'll have it at... at, at um. At Mike Sparks' backyard, it'll be great. <laughs> I think this is this is a really cool idea. I like the East versus West thing. I don't know about the Central Conference. Stop making me think so hard. The other thing I suggested earlier today was that we do a um, media versus the league All Star game, um, closed door, because I don't want you guys to know how great I am at soccer. I'm gonna get back into '77 yeah. this fall. Okay. Just wait for me. I'll next next year, twenty nineteen. I'll come in. I'll light it up. <laughs> I say, what if it could be higher? The amount of media people that physically get sick during the game or the goals we score. <laughs> the first can, one. Totally can I one. make a prop bet on the amount of hamstrings that get pulled in the game? <laughs> With like the over under at 
nine. <laughs> the entire I have media, the entire oh, media bench I have, hurt. <laughs> I have two very bad hamstrings. Um, so there's two right there. I have two really bad knees. Hey, there we go. See, it, it'll I have a bad great. ankle, so we're all yeah. on this. Ryan, what's your bad thing? Oh, I forgot you're like nine. You don't have any of those yet. He's twenty, growing. but I'll. No, although, uh, Pony, I think I will say, are we going to count the scores and our goals left for players left standing? Yeah, can we? Okay, actually, hold on. To go back to the U.S. All Star game thing, can we make it like rock and jock basketball? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? The last two minutes of, of each of each half, we have two nets that drop down from the ceiling from cranes or something. And if you score in those nets, it's like 20 points or 50 points. So basically you're playing in Vegas. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, great. We're going to do that. Sam, make it happen. Perfect. Um. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I think we got it covered. I'm hoping that everyone in the league wrote down our because they're money makers. Um. Yeah. If uh, if you want to talk to us, or that this is a thing that happens every week, feel free to follow us at the USL Show. Um, you can also find all of us individually. I'm not going to have us list out all of our nonsense just because we're like an hour and a half into the show. So what you can do, um, we're all listed. Uh, in the actual USL show Twitter account. We'll all be there. Um, so you can find us that way or in the show notes every week. I also put all of our Twitter handles. So if you'd like to talk to us, we're down there as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, other things that you can do again, USL show.com. Check out our Patreon. Check out our friends at Soccer Loco. Um, super huge thanks to Mike Sparks and the Beautiful Game Network podcast. You can go check all of those guys out. I know Mongols had Hugh Roberts on tonight, which is probably a really good time. I know um, who else was recording. I think Raising Bulls are recording. There's a lot of content that comes out every week for you guys to, to gnaw on. So if you think that we don't give a team a fair shake, don't worry. There's a podcast, I bet, in the network of podcasts that totally gives the team that you want us to talk about more a fair shake. So go check those guys out because they're all great. Other than that, uh, for Kev, for Pony, for Ryan, for Phil, who is not here, he's been in Europe. Uh, take care, everybody, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week.